Hey everyone, welcome to episode 56 versus Media Live on Colin. Uh, title tonight is called Sleight of Hammer. <laughs> some might find that tasteless, some might not. Uh, the good news is we're in a brand new social media environment and I don't really care. Uh, I'm Stephen O. Miller. And as uh, it's funny because I watched a bit of Tucker Carlson's monologue tonight, which I don't usually do. Um, I'm, not, I'm not a regular viewer of Tucker or anything like that. And he stole a lot of my opening thunder. <laughs> um, but I have thoughts. I have thoughts about what happened at the Pelosi residence uh, this past Friday a.m., early Saturday a.m., I guess. Uh, the, the media's coverage of it and then the subsequent fallout and reaction to it on the political right. Uh, I'll give just a couple of basics and then we'll get into uh, kind of what I think and then we'll get into the media coverage of it and then we'll get into you guys and we'll probably go for about an hour a little over like we usually do. Um, as you have heard, uh, a man by the name of David DePape uh, broke into the Pelosi residence in San Francisco, the private residence, um, was supposedly looking for, and I'm going off of the DOJ statement and nothing besides, and that's, I'll get to that in a minute, um, was apparently looking for Nancy Pelosi. Paul Pelosi, her husband, was home alone. And uh, I guess a situation occurred to where the police, he was able to dial 911 during an exchange. Uh, police showed up about three and a half to four minutes later. Uh, a door was opened. Uh, uh, Pape hit Pelosi over the head and supposed arm with a hammer. He was then subdued by San Francisco police and taken into custody. And Paul Pelosi is still in the hospital. And according to Nancy Pelosi is ICU, but stable. He's an 82 year old man. Um, an awful incident. Um, again, uh, in California, when there's rising crime, there's rising mental health issues and certainly in the city of San Francisco. And of course, speculation throughout the weekend ran wild on this. And some of it was unbased and, and some of it, uh, particular on the online, right. Um, was baseless and some of it was speculation, some of it was joking, some of it was trolling because that's what social media is. No matter how much you try to stop it, that's what it is and always will be. But there are real questions surrounding this incident. And I'm not talking about just asking questions as, say, corporate journalists would have. And I particularly want to focus in on how did these conspiracy theories start and spread? The conspiracy theories that are now being blamed on the entirety of the political right um, they started in corporate media. They started with journalists at NBC, Fox, and Politico. And this is an important thing to note in this particular situation. And also there has been a severe lack of transparency on the part of the San Francisco Police Department. And that's actually who I hold primarily responsible for this kind of weird, vague cloud of misinformation that we're all floating in at the moment. Um, there's a lot of actual valid questions that only the San Francisco Police Department could clear up with all of this. And the longer that this uh, proliferates, the longer they kind of block on this. Uh, I, was, I saw, I guess, Tucker Carlson's Fox News said they uh, asked for the body cam footage and were told, quote, absolutely not under no circumstances. When we know that both, I believe there were two officers that responded to this call uh, were wearing body cams. And that's something that's been confirmed, although that could be retracted. Um, 
there are genuine questions around the situation. It has nothing to do with Paul Pelosi driving around looking for a male prostitute. Um, the first question, and, I, and I'm strictly going off of the DOJ's affidavit and the, DO, the DOJ's report that was released yesterday, um, stated that the pape broke into the back door with a hammer um, and then apparently Starwood woke up Paul Pelosi in his bedroom to which he said he was he walked in was looking for Nancy. Paul Pelosi said he was startled and was basically trying to talk this guy down. I, I 100 percent believe all of that. When Paul Pelosi dialed 911, he, I guess, did it in a bathroom and was being kind of coded or quiet. He did not want the pape to know that it happened. And, but there's also questions around the fact that the pape said that David was a friend. I fully believe, I'm going to debunk what I think is conspiracy, what isn't right now, in case there are some fun journals listening. Um, I believe he called David to pape a friend to calm the situation. He had a dude in his room supposedly with hostage-taking materials, um, and to me was just trying to calm the situation until the police could arrive, um, as opposed to lunging at him, attacking, trying to get him out of the house, whatever have you. That's fully what I believe happened. I think he was trying to talk this dude off of a ledge. Now, that said, there there's some interesting details in the DOJ report that, one, Paul Pelosi supposedly told the dispatcher that David's a friend or whatever, although the dispatcher reported that he was speaking in code. Okay, I can account for that. Uh, DePape broke in through the back door, basically broke the glass, shattered part of the frame with the hammer, and, and went through the door. One thing that has not been answered, uh, that he said DePape said he wanted he was going to tie Paul Pelosi up with zip ties or a rope, and then lay down in the bed so he could go to sleep and wait for Nancy Pelosi, even though Paul Pelosi says she's not going to be home for several days. Um, the Pape said he wanted to go to sleep because he was tired from carrying the backpack. Um, journalism is a pretty simple concept. It's the five W's, who, what, when, why, where. And for the most part, we have some of those answered, but not all the way. For instance, uh, the, F the FBI and uh, San Francisco police traced DePape's residence to Richmond, California, where they said he was living out of a garage. Richmond is just north of Berkeley, which is across the bridge in Oakland from, from Pacific Heights in San Francisco. So, again, that leads me to believe, how did DePape get to the house? Did he take an Uber? Did he drive? Well, we don't have any inclination that a vehicle was recovered. Did he walk? He said he was tired. Did he catch a taxi? This is one of these questions where if I start to bring this up, people on political spectrums and media, their minds are going to start to wonder, what is he getting at? When simply all I'm getting at is we don't know how he got to the residence. I'm not even speaking about how he got into the residence. I don't, I'm pretty sure that that's pretty clear. Uh, I've asked several times on journalists on Twitter, did they recover a vehicle? Uh, they, re they say they recovered a backpack with hostage-taking materials in them, zip ties, rope, another hammer. Um, he, DePape said he was, or DePapey or DePeepee, whatever, I don't even care, said that he was tired from carrying a backpack. So did he walk from Richmond? Did he, I mean, where was he? That's something to me that is a legitimate question that is just completely gone unanswered by the San Francisco Police Department. They just say they arrested him in the house and they apparently took him off in an ambulance and he's in the hospital and that's the end of that. He was arraigned today. Um, the other confusing thing, and this is where we get into the conspiracy theory. And what media started calling baseless conspiracies happening on the political right. 
is that when the first report came out from Politico, I'm going to read this verbatim for quote. David DePappy uh, forced his way into the home through a back entrance, Scott said. Scott, I assume, is the chief of police in San Francisco. So this information came directly from the San Francisco Police Department, was relayed to journalists who then wrote it down, although it's interesting that not every outlet wrote this down. CNN ignored this piece of information as well did others. It said officers arrived at the house, knocked on the front door, and were let inside by an unknown person. They discovered the uh, Pappy and Pelosi struggling for a hammer. And after they instructed them to drop the weapon, Scott said the Pappy took the hammer and violently attacked Pelosi. Now, as somebody who's obviously uh, a writer and not the best of it, uh, I, I love my editors. When I read this, an unknown person, that to me very much sounds like, okay, is this a third person? Is this uh, Who's the unknown person who opened a door? And so this led to questions about were they home alone? What was going on in this house? Did, was, it a, was it a housekeeper who opened the door? Which if I'm going to be 100% honest when I read this, I thought that perhaps this was a housekeeper who was maybe undocumented and the San Francisco Police Department and DA being the city that it is did not want to expose this person. That was my first thought, if I'm being completely honest. Uh, it wasn't that there was a menage trois or an orgy happening of any kind. Two days later, as this kind of – it was also reported on Meet the Press. Uh, I think uh, Winters, a reporter, for, was asked directly by Chuck Todd on Meet the Press about who is this unknown person, and he didn't answer. He just kind of glossed over it. So it took until Sunday night for NBC to clarify that there were only two people inside the house. And then that, of course, uh, me as someone who I guess maybe I have a better journalistic mind than others would say, okay, my next thing is to call up the San Francisco Police Department and say, why the discrepancy? Who were you talking about? Uh, was this unknown person? Was this a description from an officer on the scene? Um, why Why did you say an unknown person as opposed to uh, DePappy or Pelosi opened the door? Can you understand why I need to get this clarified? I have a bunch of QAnon lunatics on fucking Twitter running wild. So I need you to clarify this. That didn't happen. They just kind of let this float out there until they issued the denial on Sunday night and just said, oh, no, there were two people. No explanation. Monday rolls around. And uh, now we're now the political online right is kind of running with some of the theories in this. Um, the other one was based on an, uh, a local news reporter who said that DePapi was found in his underwear when officers arrived. And this, of course, led to tons of speculation with the fact that this guy was later revealed to be a pretty popular nudist activist who was uh, known to several even state senators in California, which is another detail I think is interesting. Uh, Scott Weiner, this state senator in California, um, who basically, this is a guy who has a, you know, I want to say a checkered history with laws in California. He's extremely on the far left. He's introduced legislation to decriminalize anyone who knowingly gives somebody HIV, amongst other things. This guy is a piece of work. But he basically said in a different story that he knew who this guy was. And I thought it was just interesting that, like, a guy breaks into the Pelosi residence, attacks her husband with a hammer, and, and a state senator's like, oh, yeah, I know him. Um, I'm not conspiracizing. I'm just being like, that's weird that this guy's kind of known. And um, so it was reported that he was in his underwear at the time that the police answered the door. And again, we didn't have much other information. So when an actual 
uh, I believe it was a local Fox affiliate reporter, reports this, people are naturally going to go, what? what's going on here? He then retracted it, I think, a day or two later. But by then, the, the, the damage is kind of done, and people are naturally going, "Why? how are you answering the door saying that this was an intruder, this was an attack? Uh, we don't have any information about how the guy got there. Was he picked up by somebody? How, you know, what's going on here at 2.30 in the morning? How does someone bypass security outside Pelosi's home if they have any? Um, and so this led to wild speculation online for two days because this went unanswered. And then finally it was answered that, uh, according to the FBI, he was dressed in all black. There was a black backpack recovered. But by then, it's a little too late. And then Politico then came out and cleared up, um, sort of cleared up, but Politico, a journalist by the name of Scott Wren wrote on Monday that David DePape forced his way into the home through a back entrance, Scott said. This is again Scott of the San Francisco Police Department. Officers arrived at the house, knocked on the front door, and were let inside by an unknown person. They discovered I had the paper blow. That was the first story. Sorry, excuse me. The second story was a political uh, article accusing the online right of spreading baseless conspiracies. This was that article written on Monday. Beyond Trump Jr. and Higgins, pro-Trump commentators from Charlie Kirk, a former Waukee County Sheriff David Clark, also weighed in online to raise questions about the investigation based on unfounded and false claims. Among those baseless claims that a third person answered the door when police arrived at the Pelosi home, which San Francisco law enforcement has said is untrue. Mind you, this claim started in Politico, and now you have Politico, two different writers, I guess not coordinating their talking points, saying that this was a baseless conspiracy theory started by, I don't know, people on the political right, anyone from Donald Trump Jr. to Charlie Kirk, uh, when this conspiracy was allowed to fester and started by Politico itself. This is, an, this is an interest, and the other part of this is why I think people raise questions of this is certainly because of the timing. Uh, this attack comes less than eight days, seven days to the midterm elections, and it began because of some of the questionable circumstances around it. And no, I don't mean gay lovers and gay orgies and anything of that matter. I mean the lack of transparency coming out of the police department and again, the false information being peddled by journalists at news outlets like Politico and other places. The LA Times, for instance, called this a conspiracy and, and blamed the political right for going with this, saying, what was DePapey wearing? Some conspiracy theories alleging Paul Pelosi and DePapey knew each other alleged that the attacker had been found in his underwear when police arrived, a claim that was made in one news report that has since been retracted. The conspiracy, however, is still being spread. You're literally blaming people for believing what you fucking people are reporting. And if it sounds like I'm upset about this, I'm, eh, I don't have really had the eye twitch. But this was an incredible circumstance of events that happened where you guys got it wrong. And then you blame the people who read your outlet and started going, why the guy was in the underwear? Or who was the third person? And then you blame them for simply asking the questions that you yourself got fucking wrong. And this is what I have a problem with. Yes, no, the political right has not behaved, shall we say, um, in, in such good faith or morally with some of this stuff. But you also have to understand something, journalists, if any of you are listening, is that there's a difference between what you do and what trolls on Twitter do and what jokes are. 
And a lot of us know what the difference is, and a lot of us retweet those, and a lot of us think that's funny. Nothing is funny about Paul Pelosi being attacked. What we do find funny is the fact that you guys are out here screaming about conspiracy theories that you yourself spread. Michael Schellenberger uh, was on the ground reporting. He lives in San Francisco. He's written a book about the state of San Francisco as far as mental health, drug addiction, crime, etc. And he physically went to uh, DePappy's residence and spoke to the neighbors. And then he got jumped on by the formerly cool kids table at Twitter because it seems that their power has been uh, extremely diminished in the last few days, shall we say. And he got attacked when he basically talked to DePapi's neighbors and said, oh, yeah, this guy lived in a hippie commune. He was a he was a nudist. He there was a Black Lives Matter on the sign. 9-11 was an inside job. And he was apparently just known as just an extreme hard drug user who now in recent times has fallen into conspiracy theory, QAnon, Pizzagate, election, electioneering, whatever, which is believed what led to him entering the residence and uh, looking for Nancy Pelosi to break her kneecaps was, I guess, a specific thing. And I, I got news for this fucking guy. She's like 300 years old. You don't need a hammer to break her kneecaps, dude. So I look at this and I say, you guys, you are the ones that put out this information that we as consumers simply went, what is this dude doing in his underwear? What's going on here? at 2.30 in the morning on a Friday when he's home alone. I mean, people are going to start, their brains are going to start churning. Their gears are going to start grinding. And then on top of that, you have Politico literally accusing people as being conspiracy theorists for simply reading Politico. And this has been a fascinating kind of turn of events. And yet still, there's a lot we don't know. The night that this happened, you had almost instantaneously journalists and Democrats in conjunction demanding that Republicans take down campaign ads that featured Nancy Pelosi. You had Ashley Parker from the Washington Post suggest that a joke that Kevin McCarthy made 11 years ago about hitting her with a gavel is what led to this attack because apparently this attacker uh, is aware of that joke somewhere. And to me, that is the Sarah Palin target map strategy all over again. It's that somehow Kevin McCarthy is the reason for this, or, or the fact that Nancy Pelosi is even mentioned in a campaign ad is the reason for this. And that's also what led to a lot of skepticism over the timing of this and how uh, just anxious and excited uh, Democrats jumped at this to use it on a campaign trail. Um, when again, this guy clearly is out of his mind and a heavy, hard drug user, and apparently has no real political affiliation. And there's also another interesting thing being floated is that how is it out of the realm of possibility that people like David Apepi, who seemingly are on the political left their entire life, also a Canadian illegal immigrant, which means Justin Trudeau has to answer for this, how is it someone like him, as far as the far left and anti-vax and things like that? How is that? How is it that people who are on the who are on the far left of that spectrum aren't going to fall into QAnon conspiracies? And and I think that that's an interesting theory that needs more exploring. Um, as I've said, it's now what's interesting to me is this story is pretty much almost dropped off the map. If you if you if you raise or ask any questions about some of the things that I've mentioned, how did he get to the house? Did he drive? Was he driven? Did he Uber? Did he walk? Um, you're instantly labeled a conspiracy theorist by both media and, of course, democratic institutions. 
And had this been Twitter about a week and a half ago, a whole lot of us would probably be searching for new Twitter accounts. And that's not an exaggeration. And so I think uh, to kind of echo what I saw earlier tonight, I think the demand here is transparency in that the leading cause of disinformation in this entire saga and why it's fascinating has both come from the San Francisco Police Department, which when it came to Black Lives Matter and when it comes to things like George Floyd, journalists jump to questioning police narratives. They, they demand more transparency, they demand body cams, they don't take the police word for it. However, in this case, they're not asking simple basic questions. They're not committing the five W's of journalism, who, what, when, why, where. They're simply taking the police's word at face value, which has in turn led to the spread of conspiracies and disinformation. It wasn't the political online right who came up with DePappy being in his underwear. That was a corporate journalist working for an affiliate in San Francisco. It was not the political online right who came up with the fact that there might have been a third person, unknown third person in this house, whether it was an accomplice, it was a housekeeper, it was somebody else involved in some kind of activity. We don't know. And it's because of this misinformation, it's because of their rush to print this stuff is why we're in this mess. That is an inconvenient fact that a lot of them do not want to admit, and that is why we are here. It's true that as part of the far right and online right that this is a problem and that Pizzagate and stuff like that and QAnon is a problem. And also we have journalists who cannot uh, disseminate the fact that a lot of it is simply trolling them. And this is one of these situations, uh, especially when it involves a political flashpoint, that they simply do not understand about how social media works or how humor or jokes works. And as I said, there's nothing funny about Paul Pelosi being assaulted. Uh, I hope he's okay. I hope he makes a recovery. I hope this never happens again. Uh, I hope this has been a lesson in uh, when extreme rhetoric gets out of hand as we noted with Brett Kavanaugh in an assassination attempt, and as we noted with James Hodgkinson in an assassination attempt, and as we noted with the several many pundits online who made jokes at the expense of Rand Paul's attack. The people who should be and could be lowering the temperature in this, of course, are not. They're using it. We saw it, it would, in all appearances look to be a hoax by the Fetterman campaign setting a sign on fire. And if you want to know why that didn't uh, take off amongst the media class, it's because they're pretty fucking aware that that was a hoax as well. And that was just forgotten about and dropped. So there are legitimate questions, I hope, that are answered in time around this attack. And it really could clear up a lot. Uh, DePappy was arraigned today and he pled not guilty. And I found it interesting that we're, there were no cameras in the courtroom. Maybe that's a law in San Francisco. I don't know. But this is what it feels like. It feels like this attack happened. They rushed this guy away. We're never going to see or hear from him again. Um, I also think there are odd circumstances regarding websites and web blogs that he supposedly wrote and that have been taken down. And I also think that that raises questions about ethics and journalism. Um, he supposedly had conspiracy blogs that he was writing. To, uh, one was written shortly right before he attacked and apparently contained a manifesto. And journalists have gotten into the habit of basically saying, we're just going to tell you what this was. When I think that there is a public interest in an interest like this for us to be able to see what it was, what this website was, you can either screenshot it or leave it up for public interest. So we can all go and read how fucking crazy this guy is, except now social media companies are in the habit of removing such information. And that becomes a problem simply because of the things that I just outlined. We don't believe you. 
corporate journalists have gotten a lot wrong on this. And that is why the lack of transparency plus the, their own spread of disinformation, whether it's been purposeful or just, oh, we got that one wrong, and the lack of accountability is what's led to a lot of the controversy surrounding this case. It has nothing to do with people on the political right. That's my monologue. I know it's a lot to get in, but I need to make it specifically clear what I think about this whole situation. I think Paul Pelosi was trying to talk a guy down and try to remain safe until police arrived. I think that that's completely believable. I could end up being wrong. Um, According to the DOJ affidavit, uh, DePepe said himself that when the police knocked on the door, Paul Pelosi ran to the door and opened it. And that's when the police said, basically, hello, is everything okay? And DePepe said, everything's good. That's a quote in the DOJ report from DePepe. And that is when the police saw the hammer, told him to drop it. And apparently that's when DePepe hit Pelosi over the head and the cops subdued DePepe. That's according to DePepe. Uh, a guy who thought he was Jesus Christ uh, just a few months ago and a guy who claims that fairies are talking to him. So pardon me if I want to know more about the situation and not a single person who's reading this or listening to it or hearing about it should feel ashamed for just simply asking these questions. We should see the body cam footage. We should see security footage. You would think at the very least the Pelosi's would have uh, a smart bell or a ring camera or something and if they don't, or if security cameras are not present on this property, one would have to ask why that is not the case. Uh, absolutely, police body cam footage should be released. Once and for all, put it out there, not snippets of it. Uh, I can understand that it might show uh, a violent attack, but in the interest of public good and in high-profile cases such as these, as it is in the cases of, I don't know, police shootings of African-Americans, the body cam footage is released. It needs to be released. And I think right now, the more transparency, the better. And that's how you snuff out conspiracies. You don't do it by backtracking on things sources tell you. Uh, and if I were the reporter who said that he was told the Pappy was in his underwear and that was retracted, I would burn my fucking source because that has become an enormous source of embarrassment. And the media in this case have no one to blame but themselves. Uh, we didn't spread these conspiracies. Politico did. And then Politico, apparently, the other writer doesn't read his own website. So then he goes and he calls information that Politico itself started a conspiracy theory. And uh, this has just been kind of a, a classic textbook case about how they fuck up and then they don't admit they're wrong. Uh, I never heard back from Ren when I asked him if he reads his own website. I did hear back from Elena Shore. Uh, who they then went in and changed the language of the website. They did so without an editor's note. And again, the issue is not making changes. The issue is not making updates to the story. Uh, that happens. It happens to everyone. I've had a couple of notes put on my on stuff that I've written that I've gotten wrong. As long as it's done in a transparent and ethical manner, nobody really cares. I mean, there's going to be people on Twitter who are going to go, oh, fucking fake news, whatever. But no one worth their reputation is really going to care. The main issue here is Politico set about to make a claim and then another political writer blamed the audience for what they, they themselves reported. And this is a problem when it comes down to ideological driven media. And it's something, again, you should not you should not feel shame for saying, hold on a second. This is what you guys said. And by the way, I have other questions about this. Um, 
why did why did DePappy break into the house and then just kind of walk around talking to Paul Pelosi? Well, he's fucking crazy. I'll accept that. How did he get into the how did he get to the house? Not into the house. Did, again, Richmond's a pretty fucking far drive from uh, Pacific Heights in San Francisco. Um, was there security? Did he evade security? Did an alarm go off when he shattered the back window? Um, these are all legitimate questions that need to be answered as soon as possible. And it's primarily on the San Francisco Police Department for not being that forthcoming. Uh, I can already see we're all revved up. <laughs> we have a couple of callers. Uh, but that's everything that I've thought. That's everything that's kind of gone through my mind on this. I was hope I'm considering writing on it and just sitting here wondering why journalists who spread this disinformation are now blaming people for simply uh, following it, because that is what happened in this case. Uh, we'll go for probably about 40, 50 minutes. Uh, I'll try to get through all of you. I don't have that many callers up, so I guess we'll just go through until we get to the end. Uh, just a couple of ground rules for you newbies if you're out there. Uh, just please remember to kind of mute your microphone if uh, you're not speaking. The button's just down there on the left. It just makes it easier for the published recording and also for the live people who are listening. And also uh, just note that you probably have people in the queue behind you. So just try to keep kind of keep it quick so we can get everyone in. <clears throat> Excuse me. I know that's not always the case uh, as this is kind of a conversational podcast live app. Um, but, yeah, just try to kind of make sure to keep your points short and to the point and uh, so I can respond or we can just have a chit chat or whatever. Uh, I'm going to go ahead. I know I do this a lot to this guy, but just saying, I'm going to go ahead and skip you for somebody that looks like a new person. Al's, I haven't ever seen you here before, so welcome to Versus Media Live. Again, give me give me your thoughts on what you've seen in all of this. I don't even really care how kooky it is or whatever. Um, about the media coverage of it and, and so on. Go ahead. Well, first of all, I'm offended because he did have me up once before, and the fact that you don't remember me is just horrible. I can't I remember um, Avatar, so I don't know if you changed that or if it, yeah, maybe, no, was it no. during one of our two and a half hour sessions, and I was just blind uh, drunk at the end, or what's going on? It was I don't know. It was about it was about a month ago, but um, I, I've seen you the, le the the fewest in the queue, so let's just leave it there. Yeah, I I often uh, I'm a dad. I've got a toddler. It's hard to uh, to get up often when you're uh, when you're when you're playing live. Um, so a couple points here. My first one is I think inevitably every Republican in the world, as usual, is going to be asked, what do they think of the Pelosi attack? I think the response should be people will do what they do and leave it at that and watch heads explode over it. And then ask, why is that not an acceptable answer when people are getting hurt by random criminals who don't feel safe in their home? Why is that not an acceptable answer? And then watch the media try to explain why it's okay for Nancy to say that, but it's not okay for everybody else to say that. So that is, uh, that is my first point. Um, second point is, you know, two or three years ago, um, when people were, let's call them conspiracy theories, people were saying these things about, oh, I think this was really, that's what really was going on. That's what was really going on. I would have dismissed it the same way. Oh, this is more Pizzagate stuff. You know, this is just kind of crazy conspiracy theorizing because it's fun to come up with theories. Um, my gut reaction now is, I don't know, that, that maybe that's true. You know, maybe there is more to this. Um, if there was, you know, do you believe that we would hear more about it? Probably, you know, my thought is probably not. Um, I think they would go all out on covering it up. If more information did somehow leak out, it would be dismissed as, you know, horrible disinformation, 
Um, and then it slowly would become undeniable and it would turn to you're a bad person if you repeat this, then it would become, oh, what does it matter anyway? Um, so that's my take on it. <laughs> that, that, that doesn't mean that there is anything there, um, but I do think that's how it would play out. And once upon a time, I would think, oh, that's bullshit. There's nothing there. Now I think maybe, you know, maybe, maybe it was just a guy who broke in or maybe there's a lot more to know about this, but I don't think they'll ever tell us if there is. So this is maybe the, the result of, you know, years of how dare you question the Wuhan lab and that sort of thing. But um, I think a lot of Americans probably think that way now. Those of us who would have dismissed that as like, oh, he didn't have a gay lover there. There's a lot of people now going, oh, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. And as I, and as I said, I mean, part of that, part of that social media ecosystem, uh, the Wuhan lab is an interesting one because I mean, people lost their social media accounts over that one. And, and if Twitter, if this had been old Twitter three weeks ago, I think people would have lost their social media accounts over this one. Um, I, I, I look at this and I just say, um, I think you're right on that sense about why people are questioning. But again, a lot of the questions stem, you have a mainstream media and I know that's a cliche, but it's you have journalists, particularly on social media, who just blamed the political right for running with a conspiracy. And it's important to note how these things start, which is, no, hold on. We're we're simply asking questions about your reporting. And because you're not always transparent with what you report, some of us kind of go, OK, here. So, you, again, you had a reporter who said that DePappy was in his underwear. We didn't start that. I mean, Comfortably Smug didn't start that on Twitter. That's you guys who reported that. And so, of course, that's going to kind of – that's an unusual circumstance where um, – hold on. So you answer, the police answered the door or a third person answered the door to find David DePappy in his underwear wrestling with a hammer with uh, Paul Pelosi. And then, of course, people are going to make jokes about the situation. They're going to – you know, I saw a funny one that said someone answered the door and went, I'm just here for the naked hammer fight. They're over there. Yeah. And again, like uh, old school. I, yeah, I, I think I think that people are also on social media. They deal with humor as a way to push back on a lot of the stuff. And again, I don't think that the hammer attack itself is humorous. It could have been a lot worse, given the circumstances. But again, it's their own reporting or lack thereof, due to maybe political bias or in a rush to blame mainstream Republicans eight days before an election, that leads for people to go, okay. How, why did you not tell us why, why did this reporter not tell us here's, here's where that discrepancy happened. I know I said that the dude was in his underwear. I got it wrong. I was misinformed by a source and who was the source? You don't even have to give us a name, just say in law enforcement, whatever. And that at least gets people to go, okay, this is how this mistake happens when political rights. Um, and, and this is just very basic journalism 101 here. This is not anything that's like, you know, I'm not here giving a lesson. When political rights that an unknown person opened the door, that didn't come from Politico. That came from the police department who said that. That's a quote. So then if I'm a journalist, and this is this is the problem, is in a rush to get this information out, in a rush to get it pinning blame, because you think this is the thing that's going to save the midterms. It's not, by the way. When, when the chief of police or this says, when police arrived, an unknown person opened the door and they observed the Pappy and Pelosi both holding a hammer. If I'm a journalist, I stop him right there and I go, hold on. When you say an unknown person, what does that mean? 
you stop them right there or you get him after and you call him or you call someone and go, because this, this sounds confusing. It sounds like somebody opened the door and we don't know who it could be. Did Pappy open the door? Uh, we don't know. The door just magically opened. We can't be specific, but a lot of people assume that when an, un, when you say in that language, an unknown person opens the door and they found De Pappy and, and Pelosi with a hammer. That makes it sound like a third person's in the room, in which case you have to ask the police to clarify. They didn't do that. They just ran with it. And that's not the insulting thing, because that can be cleared up later, as the report on NBC did. The insulting thing and the reason this got under my craw is because you later had people like that shit-stained Ben Collins – and you had other people from Politico and LA Times and NBC and the disinformation beat suddenly blaming people on the political right. Media Matters was a was a perfect example. They did a whole rundown of here's all the people who ran with the third person conspiracy. And it's like, asshole, this came from Politico. This didn't we didn't start this. We didn't just make this up. We didn't just suddenly, you know, hey, let's make this story even more intriguing and throw another gimp in the room. That'll be great. No, you fucking pricks. This and then you blamed us for, I guess, listening to you? Okay, fair enough. Lesson learned. We will never do that again. And then once we say we're not going to listen to you or trust you or anything ever again, now we're not listening to you. We're tuning you out. We're coming up with our own theories. So now they're going to then blame us for being conspiracists again. And that's what they did here. And that's, again, the biggest problem. Yeah, the, uh, you know, it, it's a consequence, I think, of we've let misinformation become a synonym for information we don't like. And now we're at where if there actually is incorrect information, it just reads as, oh, they don't want people to hear this. They don't want people to know this. So they're going to call misinformation. But to the point where, as you, as you pointed out, now their own information is called misinformation when you repeat it instead of just saying, oh, you know, we made an error. So it's, it's just created this environment where, I mean, this is, I would say it's, the it's overarching not, It's not even was, that they make an error. It's how did the error happen? Yeah. That's what I'd like to know. But, but they don't even want to talk about that. They just want to call it misinformation, and that's how we deal with everything now. So it creates this environment where everybody thinks the media is bullshit about everything. And now here. And, and uh, I mean, Kevin McCarthy for an 11-year-old joke. Um, and that's when, that's, when my, that's when I go off the reservation. I'm like, hold Hold on here. This is the Sarah Palin target map. We've seen you do this before. Okay. So that's when people start saying, well, most likely this wasn't politically driven. It looks like that it is, except this guy's a complete insane off the deep end lunatic. Um, but it certainly sounds like he went into the house looking for Nancy Pelosi. And it could have once again been very, very bad um, had, had this guy found her. So it's good that she wasn't home. Um, but again, when you rush immediately to this is Kevin McCarthy's fault when 11 congressmen were almost mass assassinated on a baseball field. And not once did we hear from you same fucking people. That was Bernie Sanders fault. When Bernie Sanders wasn't making jokes, he literally talked all the time about we need a political revolution in this country. The fucking guy talks like Che Guevara and then somebody goes and acts like Che Guevara and then it's out of the news in two days. And it's not whataboutism to point these things out. It's not whataboutism to point to your own record with political violence. It's not whataboutism to point out that the New York Times only has one article in the entire span of the incident of the guy arrested outside Kavanaugh's house, okay, when that seems to be a more case of like the opening of the Batman with the Riddler and the duct tape than this fucking lunatic does. It's not 
a conspiracy to sit and ask basic questions. How did this guy get to the house? I can't get an answer from anyone on that. Did he take an Uber? There would probably be a record of that. Did he take a taxi? There would probably be a record of that. Uh, they found on his person cash and a PayPal credit card. Oh, he has a PayPal account. That's interesting. There's all these little details that they are just simply glossing over because they've already accomplished their goal, which is blaming this on the Republican Party. Alice, I'll give you one last. I'll, uh, I'll end the way I started saying the answer to any questions about this from Republicans should be people will do what they do. Al, what do you, Alice, what do you think uh, happened during this? Give me your big, uh, give me your honest interpretation of it from beginning to end based on everything you've heard. I think it's probably Occam's razor. Um, I think it's probably a crazy guy broke into the house and went after him. Um, The one thing that really sticks in my craw is you're talking incredibly wealthy people, over $100 million their net worth is. She is one of the most powerful people on earth. Not only that, one of the most high profile powerful people on earth in a crime ridden city. And they don't have and they're worth a hundred and something million dollars and they don't have security. I have a really hard time believing that, but maybe maybe they do, but we don't know. That's the whole point. We don't. Yeah. We, we can't get answers from anyone on do the Pelosi's have a security system? Do they have? Does and also the San Francisco Police Department referred any questions about this to the Capitol Police? Um, okay, in D.C., I guess there was a Capitol Police. Is there even somebody stationed outside her house? We don't. This is the whole point. It's not a conspiracy to ask things like this because we don't know because we haven't been told. And if you don't tell people things, if you're not transparent, and if you don't lay all the information out there, of course people are going to go. Oh, this is what I think happened. <laughs> yeah, it's there. It's it's iffy. I, I think it's probably a simple answer, but I'm still I'm not there yet. I'm kind of I don't know. There may be more going on here, so. I'm a conspiracy theorist now, I guess. <laughs> we all. Alice, uh, I'm sorry I didn't recognize you there, but thanks for calling. Uh, we, we'll talk about Bitcoin some other time. Oh, fuck. Okay. <laughs> Cheers. Okay. <laughs> all right. Hello. Yep, you're there. All righty. Um, well... Stephen, uh, much like uh, Tucker stole your thunder, your whole monologue stole mine, but that's all right. Um, uh, just so you know, I upped my Patreon to eight dollars, so you can get that blue check and keep it. I don't want that, you know. I don't want that uh, mark of the beast to go away. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about that whole thing. I mean, I, I. So when they opened up verification a few years ago, uh, the only reason I did it, and I'll and I'll just be honest with you is for what I do and for kind of the, being the blunt instrument that I am towards, you know, journalists, people in media, what, what have you, is it makes it infinitely harder to just brush me off. Like, I show up in their in their verified mentions, and that was really the only reason I did it. There's not too many people out there, at least at the time, looking to imitate me. And, and if you are hilarious, whatever. Um, but the reason I did it originally was it made the people I'm trying to hold accountable that much harder to shake me off and just be like, Oh, it's anonymous trolls, whatever. It's like, hi, asshole. I'm in your verified mentions. I'm in your base. And that has of course led to multiple blockings by people like Oliver Darcy, Brian Stelter, et cetera, et cetera. 
Uh, the $8 thing isn't that, isn't that thing. When the $20 report came out, I thought that was for a year. I think I like if, if you just kind of know how these things go on, I'm like, it has to be like $20 a year, right? He's not going to charge you more than Netflix to be on Twitter unless, you know, you have a better movie selection. Um, $8, I don't know about, but it's, he also interested, he, something people are missing that he threw in there. He said, if, if we have Twitter has a revenue stream, we're able to pay content creators. So it sounds like Twitter is going to start paying people to tweet. And that goes beyond super followers. That's at least what I took. Um, I, I don't know if I would keep it based on that. I have to see more. Uh, the one thing that, again, would help someone like me and what I do is uh, the $8 bumps you up in mentions. <laughs> that's, where I, that's where my head goes. I'm like, oh, that's interesting. So... On any tweet, like if, if I want to tweet the White House press secretary, you're going to see me right underneath them. Huh, that's that's intriguing. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't know. As I said, I don't know what Musk is going to do to Twitter. I just know at this point it's not going to be any worse. All right. Um, request to always have Ben Collins referred to as shit-stained Ben Collins now. God, just that. one of that's... the worst people in media. Just one of the worst. And and he's really grown up. Like he, you know, he started out just as kind of the 4chan guy who has no idea how 4chan works. And that's the that's the funniest thing about this guy is he, you know, he claims to understand and cover the dystopia beat of the Internet. And I'm willing to guarantee you this guy did not know even the word 4chan until he was told about it when he was assigned. You're on the Internet beat now. And you, you see that in his reporting and you see that on how he reports on all of the shit these people talk about and he doesn't understand how many levels of irony internet culture is steeped in and things like that he literally has they have no understanding of it and uh the idea that he's kind of risen to the forefront over some of this stuff uh is beyond me and again this is someone who he he can cover conspiracy theorism all he wants the fact that he willfully works for nbc a company that employs Al Sharpton and, and Joy Reid, and he's someone who regularly appears on Joy Reid's show and treats her like she's just a hoot-to-do normal cable television host and not someone who, you know, claimed that time-traveling hackers uh, were the ones who posted homophobic and transphobic content on her blog and 9-11 trutherism on her blog. If you genuinely cared about misinformation, you would resign from NBC immediately, citing the reasons that you were leaving, and you would go start a stub sack. The problem with him is he needs NBC behind him to do what mm -hmm. he does, to be the kind of reporter that he is. He needs the power of NBC behind him because nobody will fucking listen to just Ben Collins on Substack. No way. So to get into the meat of it, um, the topic of the moment, the DePape uh, Pelosi deal, I mean, all things aside, I mean, I think most of us believe exactly, you know, crazy guy broke into house. <clears throat> but you're right about the reporting. I didn't see Politico's. I saw LA Times. And the thing about the LA Times is they immediately had a headline that was like MAGA, MAGA, MAGA. And I'm like, and but then, you know, with the other information pouring in, I was like, 100%, this dude isn't MAGA. He's just crazy. And he has nothing to do with MAGA. And then there is the link to the blog that has now disappeared because some internet sleuth. Like, I'm thinking, did somebody at the L.A. Times have this thing generated, this phony blog, so they can prove their MAGA point? But my bigger point is they've ran with the MAGA thing all weekend, and it was immediately debunked. And then so you got, like, Jennifer Rubin and Chuck Todd going, like, 
Oh, well, you know, it's, it's just the, this is a, a product of just the dangerous rhetoric coming out of the right in general. That's what led to this um, attack. And it's just like, you got to be kidding me with that jazz. Um, you're going to find more Democrats, mainstream leadership Democrats endorsing the same things that James, James Hodgkinson said and the concepts behind the guy that was arrested outside Brett Kavanaugh's home. If you remember, Jen, uh, Jen Psaki did not condemn these protests outside the Supreme Court justices' homes even after this had happened. Yeah. And she was rewarded with an MSNBC show. And so yeah. we see we see what they're doing. And this is a problem with a largely ideologically driven press, which is the fact that you guys had had Margaret Brennan, for instance. This this one just was astounding to me because she's generally considered to be moderate left or one of the better Sunday morning show hosts. She was pleading with the director of the NRCC to take down campaign ads seven days before an election. And I'm kind mm -hmm. of like you're really giving the game away here, Margaret. You really mm -hmm. are like demanding that ads that you don't know if this guy watched ads. It doesn't sound like he watched campaign ads and then got fired up and said, Oh yeah, that Pelosi, um, this was a guy who was clearly off of his rocker. And yes, I'm willing to stipulate that more on the far right, uh, dabble in QAnon shit and Pizzagate shit and election denialism shit than on the far left. Um, and that does appear to be this guy's motive. But to say that this guy was driven as a uh, Trump fanatic and a Trump voter, uh, he's, yeah. a he's a Canadian illegal immigrant. There's nothing that ever shows that he voted uh, or, or ever used Trump as, a, as an inspiration. This is someone who was clearly mentally uh, deranged, which apparently makes him qualified for the U.S. Senate in Pennsylvania. And <laughs> this is someone who... Um, Again, I don't I don't question the authenticity of the blogs. I question the decisions to take them down because that, again, just raises more questions. And people go, wait a second, the blog was up and now you're taking it down before we could read it. Do you not trust us to disseminate this information on our own? Um, and again, they're using this again as a political wedge. Uh, Dick Durbin, as we're sitting here speaking. Senator Dick Durbin has now tweeted, in the days since Elon Musk took Twitter private, the platform has seen an uptick in hate speech, and Musk himself used the platform and his influence to spread a baseless conspiracy theory about a violent attack on an elected official's family member. Free speech does not include spreading misinformation to downplay political violence. That's false. Um, and this is why Dick Durbin needs to be voted out of the majority almost immediately, because this kind of rhetoric is... A, is a larger threat to, to our democracy than anything right now happening on the political right. And what you're seeing is you're seeing the, uh, especially with Chris Murphy today, you're now seeing the democratic party lay the groundwork to basically call Elon Musk in front of Congress. Although I don't know how they're going to do that. He's a South American, he's a South African citizen. Um, but to also bring into question the sale of Twitter, which is really enlightening uh, in, in spite of the report that we just saw from the intercept uh, which is not a topic I want to get into tonight because I'm saving it for probably tomorrow night. There's a lot to do this week. Uh, yeah. This all plays into this bombshell report from Lee Fong from The Intercept about um, the government's role in social media and what they think their role in social media is and how they've empowered certain accounts and certain people to overtake their role in social media. And so when I see Dick Durbin start saying things like free speech does not include spreading misinformation to downplay, downplay political violence, it absolutely does. 100%.
Okay. There's stop bad legal takes at bad legal takes, send it to them because uh, there's no such thing as this, what he's talking about. And this shit gets my radar going big time that they're going to use what happened. Uh, they're going to basically say this guy was a follower of Elon Musk. Now when all Elon Musk basically said, there might be a tiny bit more to the story. And yes, he posted a link that it was severe, questionable sources, but he didn't do anything that's defamatory. He didn't do anything that's libel. Uh, what he posted was absolutely free speech. And people are basically saying, I saw the best explanation where he posted something that was false, realized it was false and deleted it. Imagine if we held Aaron Rupar to that standard or Kyle Griffin <laughs> or any one of these jackasses whose sudden amplification on Twitter has been extremely diminished for one reason or another. And so, again, when I see Dick Durbin speaking like this, uh, my spidey sense just goes to 11. Yeah, one of the uh, best parts definitely is the uh, the de-boosting of, uh, you know, of uh, some of those accounts. On the, um, on, on the, you know, the right conspiracy, you know, because of what was reported and especially even the cops, these cops that are, you know, holding on to this information for one reason or another. Uh, I made a rant on Twitter where I was trying to say, you know, and I was speaking to the, uh, the, the, the MAGA aspect i was like look i don't believe that you know this was some gay romp gone wrong i don't think anybody does but it's always fun to troll but i will say this the amount of evidence that we are being given uh portends that is there's more believable aspect to the gay sex romp gone wrong than there is the fact that this guy was a maga nut you know and so my bigger point though is i find it amazing that there is a gatekeeper section on the right where it's like, "Hey, gang, we don't do the, we don't do the weird conspiracy theory, gay sex thing, you know, to 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 you know to to make fun of this." And I'm like, "Hey, I'm sorry for the first couple of hours they were hitting us over the head with, you know, uh, our elections are in, you know, uh, you know, our election coming up is now, you know, under threat of violence, 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 violence from the right." And it's just like. You know, give me a break. And then I'll, I'll hang up after this. Uh, any other thoughts or any thoughts about the Emily Oster pandemic amnesty thing? Because in her piece, it's really her asking her vaccinated, super vaxxed friends to forgive the rubes who wouldn't get, who remained unvaccinated. And I got trying to tell people, you guys are retweeting this thing as if she's saying, hey, forgive us. When really her piece is actually saying, "Hey, gang, we should really forgive the rubes, or the or the uh, the people who are anti-lockdown or anti-mask." I was just like, "Oh my goodness, you guys are even tweet." It was like, "Read the article," because she's not even she's not even saying, you know, like, "Hey, forgive us for being a bunch of authoritarian jerks." And yeah, uh, you're gonna hang up on you're, that. You're, you're... You're going to have to come back for that one because that's also on tap for this week. All right, cool. I'll come back. If I, if I start going into that, we're going to be here for three hours. All right. So uh, last thought then, um, you know, uh, go Broncos, go Britain. And uh, the the jersey wasn't that bad in the sense It was bad. It was bad. But what I'm trying to no, say is – No, it was is bad. Like, There's no but. There, it, it was bad. Come on. They could have made some augment. They can make some augmentations to it where it wouldn't be as bad. Well, they can, but – the NFL has a uniform policy that like basically 
So not to go too much into this, but like, that's kind of what I said is if, I mean, the, the Broncos are never, have never done a lower blue color. Like they were orange and they've always been pure white, which I like, but they're under basically contract to where like the soonest the Broncos can even make a new uniform is I think two years from now. So they, they're not even allowed to like, it's not the Broncos who make the uniforms. It's the contract with Adidas or Nike or whomever that the NFL has. So they, they need to go through Nike to be able to do that. So I agree. All you had to do is just make blue pants with a Bronco logo on them, no stripes or anything, or a Jersey with the orange stripe up, which I think would mm-hmm. be better. That would have been um, better. Yeah. But, yeah. But they're not, they, they're not even allowed to do that. So the, uh, my attitude is they just, I guarantee you that was Russell Wilson's idea. He's just like, let's do this. I've done this in Seattle. And they were just like, fine, just shut up. Just fucking go out. If you go out and win, we'll let you fucking wear anything you want. Just shut up. Um, but now we're, we're that's all we're going to fucking see for the rest of the season. But no, it was bad. I just stupid. It was just like, let's make this up to mix it up. And it's, it's ugly as hell. All right. Well, versus media, you know, but they won. Ride. All right. Thanks. Just saying. Well, oh, did I, did I skip here? Uh, I'm going to try to get through everybody. Uh, but Lisa, go ahead. Ending with Dr. Beckton. Hey, how you doing, Steven? Uh, I'm okay. Um, I don't know. My, I'm tired of just being Inspector Clouseau over this shit, and I'm tired of getting like. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, if there's one thing, I like think just take, I just taking crazy is... pills over the Politico shit. Like I chalked that up to one writer apparently not reading his website, but I don't understand how that even gets fucking printed unless it's just pure dishonesty. Like it's just pure. I didn't even I didn't even read what I, my other guy wrote, and that guy has yet to answer for it. It's just like, no, nope, it's consp- baseless conspiracy, and it's like, dude, we got the baseless conspiracy from your fucking website, <laughs> and they, yeah, the dude just uh, doesn't just throws the grenade and walks away, and it's just it's it's astounding to me. Yeah, it's uh, kind of the all timer for we're all looking for the guy who did this type of thing. Yes. Where it's just the worst. No, it is. Yeah, it's, it's the worst thing imaginable. Thing. It wasn't just like, oh, it was false. It was wrong. It was like, it was baseless. It's like, yeah, you're the base. So it's, uh, yeah, but I I think one thing we can all agree on with this Pelosi thing is um, SFPD is well known for their lightning quick responses when it comes to uh, home break-ins, as I'm sure many residents will attest to. Um, But uh, I don't understand why they don't uh, just release the video. I mean, it's a perfect... uh, kind of propaganda opportunity to show, Hey, look, this is what, this is what MAGA country is doing. Like, look what happened to Paul Pelosi. So I don't know if the video is not very compelling. And, and then also, you know, if you're a lib, frankly, uh, you know, this, you have this important, powerful kind of Democrat icon. who's like, what third in line to uh, the presidency? Like, how is she not better protected? They should be demanding answers for that. Why would it be so easy? You know, I, it's, and I, I just think that uh, Schellenberger kind of has a point, you know, uh, I, I feel like we've seen this movie before where it's like, hey, why is there a uh, vegan BLM supporter communist who voted for Trump and is into QAnon? Like, how do we reconcile this political stuff? And it's like, because they're nuts. You know, I mean, it's, it's just kind of how it goes. So anyway, that was my two cents on the whole thing. Um, again, all all unanswered, all unanswered questions that you are now uh, um, I agree. I don't know how there's not more security. Maybe there is. We don't know. We haven't been told if there's a home security system. We haven't been told if an alarm went off. That was one of the other things. They said he called from a bathroom 
And the first report was that it was a wellness check. And it's like, okay, does he, do, do the Pelosi's not have a home alarm system? Because I find that extremely fucking hard to believe in Pacific Heights, San Francisco. Okay, did he not arm it? These aren't conspiracies here. This, this is how did the, how did this guy get to the house? How did he get inside of the house? Um, what hap- What transpired inside of the house once he was in? I think we have a pretty clear idea about that. Um, but again, and then you're right. How is there not? How is there not even a Capitol policeman stationed around the house? How is there not a car parked outside at all times? Uh, is there a ring? Is there is there a ring bell? I'm assuming taxpayers would have fucking paid for that. So again, none of this stuff is conspiratorial. But because they're they're thinking, hey, we can sway half the country for the midterms. They genuinely think that. Some of these journalists genuinely, Ashley Parker genuinely thinks, hey, if I can pin this on Kevin McCarthy or a joke he made 11 years ago, we're going to win the midterms and democracy will be saved. That They genuinely think that. That's the only explanation I have, as opposed to giving us the rundown of everything that happened, everything this guy said. I think it's really fucking weird there wasn't a camera in the courtroom when this dude wasn't arraigned today. Like, you know, let us see this dude. Have you seen a mugshot? I haven't seen a mugshot. Um Again, these are all things if you're in media and you have an inquiring mind, you should be asking. And, of course, most of our journalists, we've learned, don't have inquiring minds. And when they do, they get shit wrong. Uh, At least I'll give you one quick. Minded either, but it's kind of like almost that Batman Begins type of thing. I don't have to kill you, but uh, I'm not going to kill you, but I don't have to save you. It's like. Stop feeding red meat to conspiracy uh, theorists with your uh, shenanigans of hiding the ball and pretending you didn't say stuff you already said. And it's like if you just kind of are upfront with people and just give the information and not shroud everything in some sort of bizarre, mysterious uh, uh, netherworld type stuff, then you know people probably wouldn't be you know as able to spread these conspiracies so well there's there's no angle on it then and that should tell you a lot about the people making these accusations thanks Belisma. andrew go ahead hey steven how are you doing on this tuesday night are you ready for the midterms to be over because i am so fucking tired of all the freaking polls uh, i'm so tired about everyone arguing about elections and i just want it all to be over the, it was like when I saw the, it on, on, I was out for a run on Friday morning and I saw the Paul Pelosi thing and I said, ah, shit, we're going to hear about this for the next four freaking days. We haven't it, even heard about it for four days. It's pretty much gone. We didn't see the guy in court today. Did you even know that he was being arraigned today? I, I did, but just that's just because I've been I've actually been, looked at your, your uh, Twitter feed, I think, or Erickson or somebody. One of you guys probably brought it up, so I thought, eh. That and I said, yeah, it's probably because this guy's screaming about how he is the, um, he is not no longer Jesus Christ. He is the angel of death come to to punish the world. I that's what I'm betting. Uh, that's that's not helpful to them uh, if he's not screaming maga 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 in the courtroom. Uh, so. It's just like you hear about fairies and all this stuff, and it's like it re- actually, you know, on some level, I feel really bad for Paul Pelosi because. It's not his fault. It's not nice for an 82-year-old man to get hit in the head. I, I, I know several 80, men in their 80s who are really nice older guys. And you know what? I may not like Nancy Pelosi, but I hope Paul recovers very well. He doesn't seem like 
beyond the drinking and driving, too bad of a human being. So I hope he recovers. It's clear that it wasn't some kind of stupid sex thing. It's not, it was clearly just a problem of San Francisco's horrible crime, crime de dealing with crime and stuff. So that's, again, I really wish we wouldn't g go into the conspiracy theories. It's not, don't do that. It's just go with a crazy conspiracy and say it's about crime and just say, oh, yeah, the, the problem is, is that we have a crazed crime community and that if we can just talk about it this way, it helps the GOP because the GOP has been hitting crime for the past um, two months. And that's one of the big reasons they've been coming back. And it's one of the few reasons that I don't think Lee Zeldin's going to win, but he may come close. Uh, it's kind of sad that, that, that uh, I, yeah, like I'm, I'm, I'm half convinced Kathy Halk is going to throw herself down some subway stairs Yeah, uh, here in the next and, and just, and say that she was also shoved or something. Just, you know, I was shoved by a man in a red hat. Um, and the, and the press my, will run um, with it in a, in a heartbeat. They would run with that. So, um, you know, Brooklyn Heights is the um, is the is the most red of MAGA country. But uh, you but it's just like you know you feel you feel for the man, and you don't want him to do these conspiracy theories. It was probably wrong of Elon to go along and post that one, but he deleted it. And you know what? It'd be better if people just said, I wish you put up, I, I push, put out a bad link. I, I apologize for it. And I deleted it and no one could find it from my feed anymore. I wish you'd post that, but even deleting it's better than a lot of what um, mainstream media people do. You know, it's like, if you think, if you posting misinformation, which I think that the whole sex thing is delete it and basically just say, I made a mistake. And that's how you build trust. But, but, but they the, point, the point is, is where did that misinformation originate from? Because it didn't originate from Elon Musk. It didn't originate from trolls. It didn't originate from, you know, people on the political right going, what, did he have a gay lover over? It originated because an, a reporter working for a, for a media affiliate in San Francisco put it out there. I mean, it wasn't just something people made up. He goes, uh, the dude was in his underwear when they answered the door. And then you oh, go, really? That's interesting, isn't it? And well, then this reporter doesn't explain where he got that from, the source he heard it from, who got it wrong. Was it law enforcement? Because, okay, if a law enforcement officer is saying to the reporter, yeah, the dude was naked, um, there's body cam footage that can clear all of that up. And that's my problem. My problem isn't that it was misinformed. My problem is, is that the political right by Media Matters, by people like Ben Collins, by people like NBC, by people at the LA Times, by people at Washington Post, New York Times – are blaming conspiracy theorists for simply reading their work. That's it. That's where all of this stemmed from. And so instead of them going, shit, we should be more careful in the future, it's, no, you're all rabid conspiracy theorists. When, again, it's Politico who said an unknown person opened the door and then waited to clarify. And granted, they're reporting what the San Francisco Police Department said, but the idea that that doesn't trigger a journalistic curiosity in their head to say, so you're saying there's a third person, uh, even in the sense of that's an accomplice before publishing it. Like, that's a thing. If someone's talking to you and you have if what they're saying to you just gives you more questions or if a police commissioner or a police chief is up there speaking, an unknown person opened the door. Uh, when you say unknown, is it a third person or was it somebody? Was it one of the two of them? Oh, I'm sorry. It was. Uh, there were only two people in the house. Hey, thanks for clarifying that. Now, now I know not to publish that. Thank you. The fact that they don't even do that and then they turn around and blame the people for reading their website is astounding to me. It's insane. And it shows you 
that they're not interested in accurate information. They're interested in blaming you for their shitty work. And that's pretty much it. That's that's a much fair. I'll admit I didn't get on until 830, so I did not hear the that. Particular, oh, you missed the best part. Details. Just me talking. OK, so sorry about that. But uh, it's again, Stephen, I pay for your podcast every month. I'm willing to listen to you just talk, okay? <laughs> but uh, beyond that, it's just, you know, we, I understand that the whole idea is that they help start those conspiracy theories and they need to be smarter and they need to be more curious about actual fucking details. Well, do you guys, do so, you guys want another one? I lo- this is one of my favorite things of doing this. Eli Yokely of the Washington Post. Are you guys ready? Six minutes ago. Capitol Police cameras caught the break-in at Pelosi home, but no one was watching. Inside the command center for the U.S. Capitol Police, a handful of officers were going through their routines early Friday morning. Cyclones 1800 the nearby Capitol complex, as well as some points beyond, when an officer stopped on a screen showing a darkened street nearly 3,000 miles away, police lights were flashing outside the home of House Speaker Nancy Pelosi, officials say. The officer in D.C. quickly pulled up additional camera angles from around Pelosi's home and begun to backtrack watching recordings from the minutes before San Francisco police arrived. There on camera was a man with a hammer breaking a glass panel and entering the Speaker's home, according to three people familiar with how Capitol Police learned of the break-in and who have been briefed on or viewed the video. So did, did this guy get in because he had he, the, the Capitol Police were on a fucking coffee break? That's what the Washington Post is telling you. You tell me. Uh, it's, it's just that uh, people say, oh, it's so much miracle that, the, that this guy um, didn't, Paul Pelosi didn't die. It is. But it's also a miracle he even got that far. Because there does appear to be some kind of level of security, you know? Or that this guy didn't get arrested in some other time. Or that he just happened to go to a place that's a sanctuary city where an, a Canadian wouldn't, illegal immigrant wouldn't be taken. It, it's just it's just crazy. I'll let you guys get off because you got other people and you, I will let you have the rest of the time back. Uh, thanks. You guys are have to ingest that one live. Uh, Kerfuffle, go ahead. I'm going to try to, I want to try to be out of here by like 7.15. So go ahead. Talk fast. Hi. Um, I actually have like bullet points to run through because, okay, first of all, Paul Pelosi, not a nice guy. Old, not a nice guy. He's incredibly corrupt and being old doesn't make you a nice guy. Um, Those two have so corrupt, so corrupt, different topic, different day. Um, The second question, you know, that some people have hinted at is that we're asking the wrong question which is how is it that a decimal, decimal, no, not even decimal, centimillionaire husband of the Speaker of the House has such poor security? That, that makes no sense. What had to happen is that he told... To, to play, just to play devil's advocate, just to play counter as just someone sitting here and saying, okay, why would that not be the case? Well, one... Um, I don't know. He lived. They live in Pacific Heights. Was a pretty rich neighborhood away from all the riffraff. No, no, no. There's a gatehouse at the end of that private street. Okay. Well, this is my question. And then, how did 
how did the, the Pappy get in, get to the house? Did he drive up and hop a fence? Um, did he get you an Uber? Did he walk? Because he did say supposedly once he was inside the bedroom, he was going to tie he was going to tie Paul Pelosi up so he could. Yeah, no, Paul Pelosi let someone in, and then DePop maybe got in, or he thought DePop was his drug delivery, and he wasn't. He was a crazy person, but no, somebody doesn't just accidentally get in. I'm going to say this again: the house is worth forty five million dollars. It's a private street. There's a guardhouse at the end. There's there's cameras, security cameras everywhere on all those houses. And then on top of it, $200 million net worth. Wife is the speaker of the house. These people have serious security. They don't have regular rich people security even. Think about like everyone who would want to kidnap Paul Pelosi. Think about drug cartels. Think about you know, foreign, you know, Russia, China, all these things. No, the idea that that just by incompetence or, a, you know, well, we just didn't buy security. No, no. So what no. do you think? This is impossible. Give me your from beginning to the point. It, he was waiting for a drug give delivery. Me, give me from the point that give me from the beginning to the police answering the door. What do you think happened? Unfettered. Throw it out there. We're on a free. OK, line. either somebody Here. sent this guy. Either this guy, his job is doing drug deliveries, and he figured out who it was and decided it was an opportunity to fulfill his crazy fantasies, you know, of whatever's going on inside his head. Or he was waiting for someone else's drug delivery. I don't buy the sex thing. It was a drug delivery. And and for some reason, he so, was so he was allowing I, someone that, in. I allude to the fact that... Um, Nobody broke that in. San Francisco police are stating officially through the DOJ that no drugs were recovered. So now that that precludes the San Francisco Police Department and the Department of Justice covering it up, correct? I'm not I'm not interrogating. I'm, I'm telling trying, you, trying this, this was out. a drug delivery that he was waiting for and somehow it ended up going wrong. But he was he's lost his license. He can't go out and get his drugs anymore. So he did the, you know, postmates for drugs and to get it and either this guy's job, you know, this this goofball's job is delivering drugs, and he figured out it was Paul Pelosi and went, oh boy, oh boy. Or someone else was supposed to, and just by luck, this guy happened at the same time. But no, there, there no, there's 0, 0.0 chance that this guy just broke in. That did not happen. And And what we're going to find out is the day after the midterms, He's going to report to rehab. The family asked for privacy at this time. <laughs> that, out of out of everything you just said, that to me would be the most plausible. That either the day after midterms or whatever, uh, we'll hear that Paul Pelosi checks into rehab. And right, and he is not as injured so as I, you think. So They're just keeping will, him in I the ICU. I will yeah. concede that if all of this is true, that what you're saying that that would be the thing that would happen that would basically make us all blow our tops. That's going to happen. It's not even a question. And the other thing is he's not as, you know, injured in ICU as we think. It's that you can't go visiting people and bothering them when they're in ICU. He's in ICU for security reasons, you know, and for privacy reasons. It's not. No. So that's like not even important anymore. I don't think Um, anything you're saying is really that crazy out of the realm of possibility. And that's why, I, I mean... I don't agree. I don't agree with you, but 
this idea again of this is why I'm asking the simple question. How did he get to the residence? I'm not asking how he got in. Okay. Uh, like, let's say you, you think he got, he, they, he was let in and maybe there was something that happened or he held him hostage and then he smashed the door or whatever. Fine. Because we don't know. I'll just concede all The door that. was smashed from the inside out. That never happens. Um, but my, again, my question is how did he get to the house? How did he get to the outer perimeter of the house? Physically maybe the, maybe he there. went with the and drug he, dealer and the drug dealer skedaddled and this guy was still there. Right. So someone dropped him off, which means some a guard would have had to have let him in, which means police should be questioning the guard then, correct? I, you know, I, that I don't know. All I know is that, that the things that, ha- that there's no way that the security was actually that poor. There's no way. We all know the Pelosi's were spending, and not just spending, but spending our money, because she can allocate money as the speaker. She's got a bad habit of spending public money on very expensive things for her family, and among the many expensive things she spends for her family is going to be the top-notch security. here's 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 where I will back up or entertain this theory, which is, Nancy Pelosi was a target on January 6th, which is something that they're they're keeping going all the way into these midterms. We can't elect Republicans because of what happened on January 6th. So in my mind, to just to kind of back up what you're saying, it would shock me that the woman who's going off saying who was the target, her and Mike Pence were supposedly the target of January 6th, would not have elevated heightened security at her house based on the arguments politically that she's making and the Capitol Police's recommendations. And like I said, here's, I mean, here's the Washington Post right here saying that um, Capitol Police cameras caught the break-in, but no one saw it. (laughs) Okay, here's what you can FOIA if you want to FOIA. The problem with this shit, mere incompetence is going to get people to just, on social media, because people are just people on social media. They're not you know, inspector gadgets, but this is my whole point is the more that more of this shit happens, like the more people just kind of go, uh, Steve, this is not incompetence. This is not incompetence. I promise you of all the things that it is, it's not incompetence. She it's, it's not. She was trying to get her husband whacked. No, I think if she wanted her husband whacked, he would have been whacked. Okay. Like, no they, question. I mean, I mean he kind of was whacked. Let's just put it out there. No, he wasn't. Um, no. Okay. No. Okay. Okay. So but the other thing is I am not... That, you don't think that Pelosi contacted Scott Weiner and said, hey, who's that nudist guy you know? Because no. Because that one's weird to me that, like, the California state senator's like, oh, yeah, we know this. No, guy. we know why Weiner knows. Because the, the wife, that crazy Russian wife... Is who I gave a fourteen who was trying to kidnap a fourteen year old and gave yeah. her own children the the sex doll is you know an infamous pedophile and Weiner as well has you know all these weird pedophile trying to make it legal creepy vibes all around him. I'm sure his hard drive is very ugly. Um, no, Weiner is is very connected to all this creepy pedophile stuff in California, and he's open about it. It's it's weird. He's like right out in the open that it should be legal. It's his version of like, you know, the map thing. It's disgusting, you know. So that's I'm done with that. But the other thing is, I am not going to take a lecture from people on the left who gave me four years of the Trump P tape. Okay, so if I want to make a joke 
about that the guy was there, you know, that he was like a rent boy or whatever. I get to make that joke. You gave me four years of P tape. I'm going to say what I want to say. Yeah, I, there's definitely an element to this. And this is where, again, you know, you have journalists just going after accounts that are clearly making jokes. And you know what? You can find them distasteful. Uh, some, you know, some of them are not ones that I would make. I kind of thought, I thought the one where they said second time in three months that Paul Pelosi has been hammered. I thought that was funny, except I didn't like suddenly that one gained steam and that came from like an anonymous Twitter user. So when it's like someone with 200 followers says that I laugh and then suddenly like Larry Elder's saying it. I'm just like, dude, come on. Like you, you clearly didn't get that on your own. Like it just kind of is dumb. It's, it's like funnier when Anthony Jaselnik makes a joke like that. Um, and, uh, it's, it's one of those where I just wouldn't retweet, but I did laugh at it. And so I, I get a lot of, again, what journalists don't understand what some people are doing. They're trolling, they are making jokes. They're trying to get a reaction. They're trying to do that. And this again, comes down to why those people don't understand what social media is. And it's basically like, no, it's what we say it is. Well, not anymore. It's not. So if people want, and I can, this is where I kind of agree with you on things like this, where people want to make tasteless jokes, do it. I don't care. Okay, it's easy to ignore it, laugh at it, go on about your day. Um, not everything is kind of like a whole Russian collusion misinformation campaign, as we were told about from Lee Fong. Um, so, no, I agree with you on that. I, I particularly don't care about some of that stuff, and I don't believe uh, social media is a place for the moralists. Uh, if you want that, go to church, okay? Twitter is a fucking mosh pit where the wolves roam, and that's about it. Always has been. I'll give you one more okay. word. Go ahead. Okay, my one more word is actually a callback to Fetterman. I was listening to Megyn Kelly and Sean Parnell brought up, which I had completely forgot about, that Fetterman is supposed to be lieutenant governor. All this time when he's been doing nothing, like, and hiding and all this stuff, who was doing the lieutenant governor's job? Because presumably that it is a job. You don't just sit around and call every morning to see how the governor's health is. And, you know, on top of that, what would have happened if the governor had, you know, had a heart attack or something like that. He wasn't ready either. So, you know, the idea that, oh, the Pennsylvania Democrats would cover up that, but, of course, the national Democrats would not cover up Biden's incompetence. It's nonsense. This is for the proof that Biden's incompetent. And if you saw how he behaved when the Israeli president was visiting, it was, did you see him doing that blah, 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 making fun of the Israeli press? Yeah. Okay, that was incredible. Like, that was a gift to Bibi Netanyahu ahead of that election because that was a note, you know, everyone in Israel watches when somebody from Israel goes to visit the president of the United States. It's a big deal. Just the same as somebody in Hungary is going to watch it or Finland or whatever. Yeah, it is, you know? it is funny that it's gone really under the radar that Netanyahu's back in in Israel. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was. It may be that the reason he's in is that he got those last two percent or whatever that he needed to cross the threshold to not need to form a coalition government, yeah. because because of what they saw there. Because what they saw is an entirely incompetent American president being incredibly rude to the Israeli press and to the Israeli president, and acting and like blah 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 blah. That was how he, he was acting, like completely not compass mentis. And so um, either Biden is that much of an asshole, which I think he also is, but I think it was frankly the fact that he's like an old man who's lost his marbles. 
That was the way he behaved there. And, and that's been hidden from us all this time, you know, and real things are happening in the world. And especially in the next few months, we're in a very dangerous position regarding Taiwan, regarding, you know, um, Ukraine, regarding, you know, uh, the diesel shortage. Regard, I mean, there are like many, many, many balls in the air right now that, that need to be juggled. And who's juggling them? Well, you're not going to like some of the campaign footage from tonight. That's what I'll leave you with to tease you. Uh, done some of the stuff that he's out there saying tonight. He barely said tonight he went to a historically black university. So have fun with that one. I, I don't I don't I don't care. <laughs> what I care is that yeah is that he's he's lost his mind and that well, we've got someone who's lost his mind in the White House. Yeah, and we will probably for uh, another two years unless you know. He no, he's he's going to be gone like January what twenty fifth or whatever. He'll be gone. All right, thanks, Kerfuffle. It's fine. Okay. I like you your too. Cheers. Take care. Bye, Doctor. Bring us home. This has been a this has been a funny one that's probably going to get clipped all over the internet. So make it worth it. Uh, hey, Stephen. I don't have anything that uh, that uh, with that much energy, but. Um, I wanted to bring back to Ben Collins for a moment just because uh, some of the games that he was playing, these aren't, these aren't, um, these aren't games of a, of somebody who's, you know, bad at their job. He's very good at his job and his job is primarily just to be a propagandist. He went after Michael Schellenberger for Schellenberger's article and uh, accused Michael Schellenberger of writing an article that was completely false and filling a information gap with lies. And he, his retort against Michael Schellenberger, where Michael Schellenberger's premise was, you know, there was a lot of uh, mental illness and drug use involved in this person. His retort was that over a year, this guy was writing these blog posts that were, as, as they're describing him, far right. But I did a lot of investigation into these blog posts, and there were two blogs that are being attributed to this guy. One of them was a WordPress blog, and the other was actually uh, hosted on Wix, uh, Wix.com. You can, uh, if you don't know what that is, that's uh, for the people in the audience. That's um, it's a basically like a, a do-it-yourself. Uh, what you see is what you get creator for web pages. So if you don't have much experience making web pages, you can go to Wix, pay, pay them some money and then use your browser to build the website you want to build and you can create blogs with it. He purchased the domain name friendlyfriends.com only on September 8th, which means well, the it, was, it was friendly friend, right? Which right. Is yeah. friend, Not, friend, no, is, no. is friend is supposedly an anagram for four chan people as you know, um, I forget what it stands for, but it's, it's, they, a, they, it's a, it's a slang. It's a slang that you see with anonymous yeah, accounts and stuff. It's called friend. It's, it's existed for a long time. It's, it's a friend with basically without the D is it's F R E N. And it's morphed into uh, uh, now as claimed to be an acronym for a far right ethno nationalist, but that's not really how it started. It was just you know people doing internet speak and shortening things and spelling things oddly. Um, but the, this this domain friendlyfriends.com was not purchased until September eighth, so this was not a public website until September eighth at the minimum. The WordPress blog. All of the posts, all of the posts that they're being attributed by Ben Collins as being uh, the, these far-right posts, all of them were made within a five-day period, most of them on two separate days. And there were approximately 
approximately a hundred posts in that in that time span. And I I went through and I I took screenshots of every single one. I didn't have to do it myself because I just programmed something to do it. But I took screenshots of every single one. There is either no content on majority of them, or it is incoherent, it, absolutely nonsensical imagery. A couple of them, you would say, yeah, sure. The, the the title says Pizzagate, and there's some weird imagery with some, you know, like the pedophilia symbols from the FBI, and you can see that that's sort of the angle of what the page was. But it's all incoherent and all from one five day period. But Ben Collins is pretending and deliberately portraying this as being over the period of a year simply because he went back as far as a year to make the claim. But it was all within a recent five-day period from August 24th through August 28th. So this this history, this record is easily explainable by somebody going on, you know, having a, a very brief flurry of mental uh, mental trouble. It's not like this guy has been uh, just an average person ensconced in, in uh, Tucker Carlson. So, so just to be clear, uh, like you said, that this is kind of a flurry of a mental health episode. That's that's your assessment. It's not that this was set up by the Illuminati cabal. No, and, you know, yeah, the, yeah, Pelosi didn't hire. It, this wasn't set up as some midterm scheme from Pelosi and her lizard people to throw correct. the midterms by saying, right. "Hey, let's just attack Paul." You know, he's he's he. We can sacrifice him. We'll just hit him upside the head once, and he'll be fine. Like your <laughs> your contention is that this is a mental health episode, and he just did this in in four or five days to and then set out for his attack. I just want to make sure like we, because well, it, it's fairly, yeah, people it's, do might. clip this podcast, they're going to start clipping it in ways like that. So I need people to be clear about your contention is this was a mental health episode. I don't care what it's a, I mean, this, this is a my, platform. So I don't even care if you went, no, it was definitely the lizard people, but no, no, no. The, especially, the, especially the, yeah. given your if, avatar. If you're trying to, <laughs> if you're trying to uh, uh, choose between two, two possible competing ideas, which is that he's a you know been been in, uh, a far right uh, dipping into the far right pool for a very long time, or he had a a mental episode and was just grabbing whatever he was seeing on the internet and running with it. The that latter one would be the choice. It would be he had an episode that was lasting a a, a couple weeks and and it wound up with him going to Pelosi's house versus he's been in this lifestyle for for an entire year, uh, you know, just with the. Uh, deep and far right propaganda and memes that the, the two don't, uh, if you have those two choices, it's the, it's the episode. Um, now there, there's always the possibility that he did somehow know them because the, um, he was staying in a house that came out from the FBI report, but it was also reported by the San Francisco Chronicle that he was staying in the house that this uh, friendlyfriends.com was registered to. And the, the, the person who lives there is a fairly well-to-do photo uh, photographer. So it's possible that they were, you know, there is some extra relationship that might, uh, be, you know, come out where maybe the Pelosi's met him once. I'm not saying that that's going to be the case, but it's very possible because he was staying with people who are probably in the upper, upper classes and might have connections in the, in those areas. Um, but Ben Collins is absolutely attempting to run with one, one frame. And that is that this is a, this is not mentally, uh, you know, mental illness at all. And it is just solely, uh, solely right wing, uh, right wing material. And, and I wanted to bring that up because there is, there is a threat looming, um, 
in the in the uh, narrative game, in the propaganda game, and that is a term that has been gaining uh, prominence over the last couple of years. That is very very hard to to deal with. In the last two years, we've seen them hype up misinformation and disinformation and try to make that the rallying cry. And we see now with this particular uh, you know uh, incident, the double standards that get played when whenever someone who might be uh, right wing motivated engages in attack against someone uh, uh, on the left versus how they cover when someone on the right is attacked. But they have new sort of phrase that is gaining steam, and it is the phrase stochastic terrorism. They have a name for this thing now, and they there are people who are falsely claiming to be longtime experts having studied this phenomenon of, of stochastic terrorism. And the reason it's a big threat is because it sounds like it's an, an academic term and really it was just a, invented by some guy on uh, on uh, the Daily Coast. Uh, yeah, back... also Nina Jankowicz has thrown this term around. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. Yeah, she's the one calling herself, she's one of the people calling herself an expert. Yep. And that's... In some of her interviews, she's thrown around, she's thrown around the term stoastic terrorism. Uh, here's, here's, here's according to Wikipedia, I'm just pulled this up because I've heard this and now that you bring it up, it says, uh, stochastic terrorism, while the exact definition has morphed over time, convenient, it has commonly come to refer to a concept whereby consistently demonizing or dehumanizing a targeted group of individuals results in violence that is statistically likely but cannot be accurately predicted. And if, if, uh, if you want to know what the whole thing about with blaming the Republicans for running ads on Nancy Pelosi in 2000, the Tea Party, that's exactly what they're trying to do with this. They're trying to say that over time, because Republicans have said mean things about the most powerful Democrat in the country for the past 20 years, that that has led to her being attacked. And now, therefore, Republicans need to stop talking about her. This is exactly what Margaret Brennan uh, said. If you saw the clip of Margaret Brennan, it's not journalistic questioning. She's not saying, um, you know, you have ads like, why, you know, sh- whatever. She's pleading with this guy. She's like, why not take them down? Take the ads down. And I'm just sitting here just going, wow, they're actually trying this. And this is this is what sows doubt. Their own professional conduct, when people see that, they go, this makes it look like you guys are doing this out of politics. And if you start saying you're staging this out of politics, everyone remembers the girl from 2008, if you were around, who carved the bee into her cheek, uh, saying she was attacked by a bunch of Obama supporters, black Obama supporters, and she was a white campaign worker. And everyone remembers that one. And then it turned out she did it herself. She just literally carved up like a bee and, you know, I don't know how I got these scars. Um, And so just to kind of what he's talking about, that's exactly what they're trying to do. They're trying to say, you, you can't, you can't attack her because of the attack in her home. Now you can't say any bad things about her at all now, because this will lead to more things. You're seeing a version of it with Fetterman, which is you can't talk about his mental acuity because that just leads to attacks on home on handicapped people. Anyway, I was just trying to clarify that for people. Go ahead. Yeah, and that's exactly it. But the, the, the potency of it is that they get to accuse people of it prior to any violence even happening. So they get to they just get to say that whatever, you know, if people are upset about something, if, if a news story is it comes out and people are upset about it and you know, the passions are, are coming up, they get to claim that, that the people who are 
pointing it out are engaged in stochastic terrorism. You will see this term more and more because it is gaining it is gaining traction because it's a very it's a very nice and sticky rhetorical rhetorical phrase. And it's it's going to be hard to counter simply because logically everyone can kind of see how it would it, it would it would work. You know, it makes sense to a degree that that, you know, like a crazy person in this particular case, you know, Depape could could be influenced by something they hear. So you could kind of see how how it would work, but they're they they don't they're not going to use it fairly. They will use it asymmetrically. It's going to be that that you know they'll get away with things. They'll they'll reframe anything that happens on their side as random and unpredictable, and then they'll just accuse everyone else of being stochastic terrorists. And the, because the word terrorism is included that's a hefty that's a hefty claim and you might be able to get uh, some more legal push uh you know uh, regulators are going to be more interested in in stopping this problem of stochastic terrorism and therefore have a workable angle that's a little bit a cut above disinformation and misinformation because that's not as that's not as juicy of a phrase yeah and this is I said i'm going to do another call in this week about um the DHS working with Twitter and basically essentially labeling misinformation as terrorism. And this was an actual thing that we saw on the intercept. And uh, I, I can't, I, again, I have like a whole list of shit that I need to go into this week. And this is not one I could even begin to go into tonight with the time. Uh, doctor, I'll give you one final word, make it fast so we can all go home. Uh, well, if you if you look at my handle on here, if you look at my username and go to my sub stack with the same extension, you'll see a long breakdown of stochastic terrorism if you want to see more and also a new analysis on one of the blog posts with the information that I said about the only being posted within five days and some of the content that was on the WordPress. Yeah, go ahead and post that in comments and um, so, so people can have that. And then um, I, I don't know if you sub to my podcast, but if you leave your comments there as well, uh, if you want to leave it there, it's just for people to read. This is a different point of view. And uh, it is, he's right that this is something that you, you're seeing a lot more of where it's, um, we, we cannot, it's, it's similar, it's similar arguments that have gone beyond online of, you know, you, you can't make a joke about a trans person because that will lead them to being killed. Um, it's the same thing. It's just it's a little bit more uh, nefarious. So, doctor, thank you for that. Please leave your sub stack and your handle or if you have a Twitter handle, go ahead and leave that in comments so everyone can find that. Um, thanks, everyone. This is a fun one. <laughs> Um, again, is this is one of these that's going to draw maybe some eyeballs. So again, it's important to kind of go about where I think about all of this. And again, that's an int some interesting theories. And again, just as we're doing this, the Washington Post comes out tonight and says that there were cameras and no one was watching. So again, you don't get to fucking blame the Capitol Police. Don't get to blame uh, people now wondering if. Uh, Paul Pelosi didn't hang himself in the bed sheets and didn't kill himself uh, when you guys are just basically incompetent, which is what it sounds like this is. Um, so again, that's, that's the largest part of where a lot of this comes from. It's just rank incompetence. And when this happens, people are going to have fun with it. Okay. Um, they're going to have fun with it on social media, which is what social media is. Um, it's not an endorsement or it's not advocating the attack on him or anything of that nature, uh, but it's a fundamental uh, misunderstanding by our journalist class about what social media is and what you think it should be used for. And uh, again, uh, raising just basic questions about journalism, who, what, when, why, where, 
uh, is not a conspiracy and uh, it's not jumping to conclusions. If you notice, I, I haven't made any conclusions about how he got to the house. Um, there's just certain things where it's kind of like some of this stuff is, it's not that it doesn't add up. It's just that it's simply right now, the fact that you're not releasing as much information as possible um, that looks one, either incompetent or nefarious to someone like me. And uh, we'll, I guess, see what happens as the story goes on. So again, thank you to my callers. Thank you to my audience. Uh, this was this was a good one and a kind of a big one. It's episode 56, Slide of Hammer. Um, I'm Stephen M. Miller. I will be back after my week-long hiatus uh, on Patreon tomorrow. I was hoping to take kind of a week off, and uh, it turned into about a two-day break. <laughs> Just because of all of this nonsense of Elon Musk buying Twitter, which I'll go into more tomorrow. Um, and then uh, I plan on being back here Thursday to talk about uh, both uh, the Intercept piece as well as more about um, the Atlantic piece about uh, pandemic amnesty, which I assume a lot of you are going to have opinions on. So stay tuned for that. I plan on doing about three of these this week. So again, thank you. Thank you, my listeners. Thank you, my callers. 